listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. Hi, Jay. What's up? Not too much. What's going on? Is there anything that we need to talk about in the world today? Um, you know, it, this is honestly completely unrelated to everything we're going to be talking about today. But I did scrub in on a C-section today. And let me tell you. Um, How was it? Was it wild? It's wild in there. Yeah, I imagine all those body parts out on the table. I can imagine. But the thing is, to me, a C-section is still less gnarly than a vaginal birth. Hands down. If you're somebody like surgery like I am, the C-section really doesn't phase you. I can see why they consider it like, you know, intensive traumatic surgery. But it still didn't compare to when they were massaging her stomach, her uterus, and, you know, post-op. And... the things that were coming out, child. I was like, okay. Vaginal is definitely more like, mm, I wish I ate some breakfast before this to me than C-section. That being said, if I have to be open and spread eagle and cut open on a damn table, I better be getting some plastic surgery. <laughs> that is the only thing I feel like it's worth for. I'm sorry. Right, and I can't even justify that, let alone. Jesus Christ. So, Yeah. So, you know, there was that. But other than that, you know, it's been a pretty chill day. Yeah. It's still gray here. I mean, things wouldn't change since we spoke yesterday, but don't worry, they're not. Okay. Update on the West Coast, everyone. It's bleak. (laughs) (laughs) The air quality is like, for reference, like a city on the East Coast I just checked earlier was like 32, like air quality. You know what I mean? We're at like a 290 right now. Um, but but we were at like a 370 the other day. So it's coming down. Still hazardous, but less hazardous than it had been earlier. So that's the T on that. Oregon's in like the 500 somethings. There, there's no hope. Okay, so today we are covering The Real Housewives of Potomac, Season 5, Episode 6, entitled The Text Heard Round the Lake House. So we're starting off. We're going back to normal. We have been a little off kilter here. The breaking news episode shook everything up, but we're back to what are you rating this for the week? I mean, this is like a B minus, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, do you want to say why? Just or just be minus? I mean, nothing really happened. First of all, it started off with a continuation of the previous episode, and then it ended with a to be continued for the next one. So it <laughs> That, to me, already tells you, like, there was nothing that this episode six really had to offer. Um, there were two, somehow they had two competitions um, in the interim in between. And I was just like, okay, I don't need to see grown women doing pancake bake-offs and pageant queen shit, but hey. Giving me shades of when the Housewives of Atlanta, they went to Destin or wherever, and they had, like, the host-off versus, like, the sing-off versus, like... The dress off, remember that? Mm-hmm. It's it's very much so that. Right. And we didn't need it there and we don't need it here. Now, the episode, like Jay just said, started off with the continuation of Wendy v. Ashley. You know, and there's I mean, nothing really to mind here for me. It's more so the fact that the Q cater came out just on time, John, and diffused it by giving his little speech and promoting himself. I love that. Right. But was there anything that you saw in this scene that needed to be discussed? Nope. Perfect. 
The only other, I mean, we said it in our last episode, we'll say it here again. Wendy was overreacting. That's just the long and short of it. Yeah, it was tough with, the, you know, missing your baby, but you'll be fine and you'll see your baby again. This is not the last time. Okay, so everyone starts to go to sleep. Um, Giselle reminds us that she's going to possibly receive an award the next morning in New York. So she needs to go home and go sleep. So because she has an early flight and we see Candace and Wendy in their respective bedroom. Um, now I found it interesting that they just put on like shower caps on top of their wigs. That's not something people do now. Not, a, not nary scarf in sight, just a raw shower cap. I assume to go to sleep with the wig on. Okay. I mean, they Wait. weren't even, they didn't have their makeup off either. Those are not shower caps. Those are, I'm, I'm on the, up the screen now. Those are bonnets. Um, Candace's looked a little shiny to me. Looked a little shower cappy to me. I took them to be bonnets. Okay, we'll go with the bonnet thing. Because do people buy shower caps? Like, do black people buy shower caps? I feel like I just use my scarf as a shower cap. Oh, I have a shower cap, but it goes over my scarf. Hmm. I like to layer up. So, it just, I just found that peculiar. Um, now in the other bedroom, we see Dean the mastermind being put to bed by his keeper. Um, and the next day we see the ladies getting ready for, um, just another day in paradise. And (laughs) yes, and we see, we see all the ladies come down in the robes that Monique clearly laid out for the ladies as parting gifts or guest gifts or hosting gifts those are cool right Mm -hmm. she got them personalized with some pink stitching over the breast with their name um and this morning they're all kind of coming down to the kitchen it's time to eat what we eating oh monique says that she makes the best pancakes and you know giselle is a baker a self-proclaimed baker so she had to say oh no i make the best pancakes so it's a bake-off it's a pancake off was the scene silly? Yes. Whose pancakes would you have eaten? Or would you thought you would have liked more? Let me put it that way. Giselle's, anyway. Yes, Monique's presentation would have been great, but anybody who, I don't know, it just it's just the laws of nature that anybody who gets super braggadocious about something, generally it just ends up not really being true. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you don't hear Chef Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> He's my favorite chef to refer to. <laughs> you don't hear him going around like bragging about his cooking or his food. It is, you know what it is. You know what I mean? So she just kept bragging. And obviously, I also have some bias. I'm not happy with her right now. And not that I like Giselle better, but she's just been getting on my fucking nerves. So, you know, I was like, watch her shit not even taste fucking good. I would have had to pick Monique's because I don't like chocolate chip and pancakes. So for me, it just threw off the whole Giselle pancake. But if they're flavorless, that's a huge issue. She did say they tasted like oil, I believe. And I could believe that. they, But at least they were fluffy, so I can just cover up with some maple syrup. But I still mm-hmm. don't think I would have enjo- enjoyed the overall experience. But nonetheless. I'm going to say, if those were the- our options, I mean, bleak. Where's the in-between, the, like, kind of pretty patty that actually tastes decent? Not pretty patty. (laughs) I mean, gee. And then we flash to Dean cooking up plot at simultaneously Candace receives a text about Michael's whereabouts the prior evening. The ultraviolet light 
photograph is seen once again by us and it is Michael being sleazy with some glasses on in the strip club. <laughs> What's new with this guy? I can't believe Dean orchestrated this whole thing. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> even on vacation, Dean takes not a day off. <laughs> He's crazy. He probably cooked up this whole pregnancy. No, he really did. He's been here before. Maybe him and Ashley are like enemies in a past life, and he's determined <laughs> to, ruin her life. to ruin her this time around. I don't know, man. Ooh, he is. Oh my God. He, he's crazy. I'm just looking at him right now, and I'm scared of him. Ooh, and Giselle used chocolate chunks, not even chips, chunks. Everyone said her taste the better. I mean, Monique won overall, but everyone said that. Yeah. Giselle tasted better. And to me, I mean, because there's I mean, flavor in it. Right. I'm like, it's me. Yeah, Monique got it all. She won overall, but I'm like, the taste is what matters. Like, it's food. Like, you know what I mean? If we hadn't split in, but up into categories, Giselle would have won. Yeah, for sure. They split it, and basically the moral of the story is, like Jay said, Monique won. She revels in it. She loves it, of course. Who wouldn't? especially to beat Giselle at baking because Giselle is the resident baker that's funny but it is interesting that they did make a note um, about how Monique's pancakes are like her you know yes pretty on the outside and nothing on the inside a little whack on the inside so we move on to the classic montage at the lake house that no one has Wi-Fi. They're trying to contact their loved ones. Um, and we see everybody getting ready. Wendy made a fashion choice today, and she put on a catsuit, a rattlesnake, a yellow rattlesnake catsuit for the day. Places. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to call that. Why did it have to specifically be rattleskin? Why couldn't it be just snakeskin? It has to be rattlesnake skin. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Rattlesnake skin is what I meant to call it. Well, I mean, okay. Clearly, this is just not the best dressed franchise. Um, you know, we've established that. And clearly, Wendy's just honestly blending in with some of the others in terms of being a tacky Jackie. Now, it is her first season, so I'm willing to give her a pass. And she's honestly one of the better dressed, even though it's her first season, really, if we're being honest. She's just dressed up like an African auntie right now. Even with the, with the big ass Gucci bag, <laughs> Gucci fanny pack, and the slipper. Uh, it's just. It's, it's an extra large. It's an extra large Gucci fanny pack. And she's a true Gucci girl because she always has on some Gucci shit. Right. And that says something about you. If Gucci is like your favorite brand. Because Gucci can get really ostentatious. And and they like to do that. And there's stylish ostentatious. Like I think of the Christian Dior saddlebags. I'm forgetting the, the, like, the color of the print. But there is one print where it's just like, you know, you see the C's and D's all over the place. and it, But it looks good. But then sometimes Gucci, for me personally, can get really like, all right. Same way I feel about LV, like, monogram print. I'm like, okay. And so the fact that she has that okay print and it's and she got the hugest size, I'm like, all right. 
and put and put it on top of a yellow rattlesnake skin cat suit by Nike. By right Nike. I'm like, <laughs> don't forget that Nike check, child. I mean, she's standing next to Giselle, who looks like she has on Grace's outfit. Like, the thick headband is getting giving me very, like, ninth grade or, like, eighth grade. And the outfit, she has on a cat suit as well, but it's it's army green and it, and it appears to have some some spots on it. It's much more demure. She's making Giselle look good right now, which is crazy. I really wish Giselle would just take off the headband, do her edges, and just wear it out. For some reason, she refuses to do her edges. She doesn't think she needs to. I think she does know she needs to. That's why she always has them tucked away. Just do them. If if they're not laying correctly, throw some water on them. Let's let's try some other things. It always just looks dry. Like just try some gel out. I don't think it would be a bad thing for you. Try some edge control. I don't know. Again, it's day two, so they show Giselle and Wendy still on their walk. So the moral of the story is on the walk. Giselle decides to say that Karen said that Wendy was a freelance and floozy, floozy freelancer. (laughs) (laughs) She never said that. Not on camera. Right, and it's just really frustrating that assuming that she didn't say something off camera, which I don't think she did because they would have posted if she had called her a floozy. It's just frustrating that Giselle just decided to add that word. Like, come on. And to even preface it by saying, like, you need, like, Ashley shouldn't be the one you're mad at. You should be mad at Karen. Like, come on. Who does that? Like, like you claim you're Karen's friend, but, like, why would you do that? I'm so confused. I believe earlier you asked who does that, and I would say Giselle. I, I should know better. I continue to let myself be shocked bamboozled no longer today's the last day we'll be shocked by any of her (laughs) antics open your eyes (laughs) and and their stale antics might I add exactly over it over it so she's not over it so she's loving it and you know Wendy of course she gets caught up in it because she has dreamt up this storyline of her and Karen anyway so this really gives her some ammo here (laughs) right and she doesn't know Giselle's antics yet so right Giselle knows you feel some type of way against Karen and Karen throwing very light shade just saying like you're a freelance correspondent for CNN which she is if you want to get technical with it yes she is Karen didn't have to go into detail like that of course she was being shady but that was nothing Giselle was a gross person anywho the ladies get on the golf cart to travel down by the lake since this is the lake house and they go and you know they're picking up the stuff they have to it's manual labor here we're talking about picking up boats you know taking boats on wheels and wheeling them down to the lake and all the ladies seemed a little grossed out by it how would you be if you came on vacation to the lake house would you be upset about this i mean if i knew we were going to the lake house i'm sure you know I would be sure to expect some sort of outdoorsy thing to happen, no? I found it shocking. And again, I hate to compare this to other seasons of other housewives, but it was also giving me New York when they went to the Berkshires with Heather when they were mad that they had to do like manual labor to get to the lake there and like carry the boat as well. It's like, well, yeah, we didn't hire people to specifically come and carry the boats to the water. So that would be us. 
Okay. So, yeah, all of them bitching, moaning, and complaining. If you want to go on a nice vacation, go on a nice vacation. You, you can't go to someone's lake house. It's not like you're fucking camping. Right. So, I have no time for all of that. And these ladies act like they live in five-star resorts. I mean, some of their homes. True child. Mm-hmm. Um, so Monique, she really gets to shine in this moment, cutting the worm, putting them on the hook, setting everyone up. She's an outdoorsy gal, and I can respect that. That's one of her redeeming qualities. They look like they're having, like, once they kind of get out there, they look like they're having a little bit more fun, but only slightly. Monique's having herself a grand old time, but the other ladies, it's their stick, I guess, for the evening or the day or the trip or whatever the fuck that they're going to act like. Ew, I could have been doing something better. Right, to be complaining. Yeah. Um, then Wendy takes this time to speak to Ashley because also during her walk with Giselle, Giselle told her, you owe Ashley an apology like you were wrong. And she was holding her feet to the fire over it. So she's kind of like, okay, well, maybe what I did wasn't great and maybe I overreacted. So I'm going to, instead of apologizing right off the rip, I'm going to be nice with my actions. So trying to break the ice. So, you know, they want to get into details about each other. Um, And that leads to Wendy saying, I'm sorry, I called you a bitch. That's what she apologizes for specifically. And Ashley says, thank you. I love that she can't just apologize for the situation. It has to be one specific thing within the situation because apologizing for the whole thing would be too much. But she really, really didn't want to say I'm sorry. And Ashley was really, really grilling her to get it. And I was like, Ashley, come on. Just because you're okay with being really fake and saying sorry doesn't mean... (laughs) She loves it. She absolutely loves getting this out of Wendy. And Wendy said she's crying now. She's getting a towel because... She couldn't receive a text because they're in the middle of nowhere, but she finally received a text. And it's a video of her daughter. Her daughter looks stunning in the video, by the way. Um, but I think she was crying because she had to apologize. I think the weight of that really got to her. She was like, fuck, let me find something else to bring up. Uh, sorry, uh, my daughter. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, nice try. Yeah, we'll go along with it. But but it if you need to be home, if you were really bedridden like this and you were on house arrest like this, then you didn't need to come. Right. If it was this debilitating to be away from your child, then why were you? Like, I'm not understanding. We said it before and I'll say it again. A couple episodes ago, you were laughing about, I would just leave her on the fucking side of the road. It's no problem. It's my third. We were, we were all laughing and joking about it. And now you can't even stand to be without your baby. You were recording videos of you walking out hair swinging. Well, you gonna look good if you in a fucking nick you for seven days. I'm like, if this is seven days post-op, then yeah. You would look good. But I thought she had specifically said 48 hours after. That's why I'm confused. Someone That's what I'm saying. Here. Cam's NICU stint was about eight hours. I'm I'm just I'm gathering the information. I'm thinking that. She goes on to say seven days though. Details know. are hazy, but maybe I heard her wrong the first time when she said that that video was recorded 48 hours after her birth. Maybe I made that up. Could have done that. But have an odd feeling I wouldn't make something up like that. It it's not in my interest to make that up. Um so 
so whatever i guess that's the story we're going with now to fit this narrative and cam's gorgeous that's all i have to say she was a highlight of the episode and also karen called wendy out on her quick switch also which was enjoyable I'm going to say, but it was Giselle, the puppet master. I mean, we could see it because we saw the footage of them walking, but to them, it's just like, well, that was random. It's because she orchestrated that. I mean, we get back to the house and we see Giselle attempting to FaceTime Jamal and she's whining about she doesn't get any service. Again, just a, it's a theme. And then we get to Dean, who somehow miraculously has service more than anyone else here. He's able to speak to his father, Michael, just fine. I might say, that's the telepathy going. There's something going on in that mind. How does he get the Wi Fi to work? How come it's just fine when it comes to Dean? What is going on? Giselle can't even get a call through, it won't even go through for Dean seamlessly. The only time it breaks up is when it it's convenient for Michael, but we're not there yet. Dean, come forward. Come on the podcast. We have some questions. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, we have, while Ashley's FaceTiming Michael, there's a confessional where a producer steps forward and asks, do you think Michael likes being placed second in your life? And Ashley reveals that he hates it. And she turns her head to the side and her eyes look at us in a way Almost Morse code-like. Almost, I'm about to blink and say something because I need help. But my thing is, it's like, I mean, that was a weird question. Because I'm like, does anybody, like, being put second? Like, come on. No, no one likes it. Like, no one's like, yes, I love it. Thank you for putting me second or third. Like, I think that that transition period for men, especially because, like, we were saying earlier about, like, the stork effect. Like, to them, like, yeah, she's pregnant, but what does that even mean to them? So, and then now you see the babies here, and you're like, oh, shit, like, this is what it means. I think that having that transition period is natural. So that question was weird. Now, in this particular case, though, he doesn't like it and is going to do something about it, and that do something means he's going to be cheated. (laughs) Uh, um, I think most men... Uh, I shouldn't say most men. Some men get over it, and some men get under somebody else, and that's that's the route Michael chose. When, but there was a look of horror in her eyes for me. It was sure he doesn't like it. He has a big forehead and big eyes, bitch. There is no look of horror. She's also a master manipulator. I don't know if you've noticed that yet, but she is. She is, but I feel like she's letting is, us in no, on the secret. She's currently pregnant with her second child. It couldn't have been that horrific. Okay? Give me a fucking break. I can't wait until, you know, 10, 20 years from now when they finally get a divorce that she writes her tell-all. <laughs> <laughs> Since they're clearly in it to win it for now. I don't know. I wonder if the second baby like were they I mean most people don't plan but I wonder if they were mentally prepared for that probably not she's just trying to secure her bag and I don't blame her for that go ahead and do that right I would love to see in the how much more money she can get a month once she breaks free um rack them up then the ladies all come down and they're going to chill in the pool and Dean you know he's out there kicking it too so it's the ladies and Dean and 
um, once Ashley gets up on perfect the perfect timing, um, Candace reveals that she admires the mothering, like the mothering style of Karen and Giselle. And then she says Wendy, which I was confused because that goes exactly against what Wendy was doing just last episode. But she was saying she admires them for not putting their kids first and making their kids their whole storyline. Agreed. Although yeah. the only person that I feel like I wouldn't be mad if she did make kids her storyline would be Robin. And that's just because I like her kids. Everyone else's kids are ugh, personally. I know kids are off, but come on. Like, let's be realistic. The mm-hmm. twins aren't doing it for me. And uh, yeah, Grace is um, the coolest kid of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And she's lackluster to me at best. So Grace, I find her fascinating, but not in the way that she would want to appear fascinating. (laughs) And Wendy's is too early to tell. And Karen, I mean, her kids about grown as hell. I don't care about them. Monique's kids are kind of cool too, but they're also too young for me to really decide. Yeah, Monique's kids are cool, but yeah, like you said, they don't have like lines yet. They're eating their pizza. They're trying to figure out how can we make this a scene for a television show ladies we do get paid for a job here so it's a pageant off not the shots uh-huh. of time in captivity 22 hours <laughs> captivity <laughs> i was like fuck them for that <laughs> the editing is insane they really the editors just have so much fun especially on this show they seem to just like go crazy especially with chichala they're obsessed with chichala but I'm kind of obsessed with the way yeah I like the way they edit T'Challa where they like give him lines and stuff and then when they just showed him in that creepy shot yeah (laughs) they do like really rewarding stuff with him yeah so they call it the Lady of the Lake Award or Lady (laughs) of the River excuse me Lady of the River so it's Ashley Darby Miss DC 2011 versus Candace Dillard Miss United States 2013 now Miss United States is not a thing. <laughs> That's, that is the first thing I thought. I said, Miss DC, like, okay. It's funny Miss because Ashley was shading Candace for being Miss United States. I'm like, bitch, you're Miss DC. <laughs> like, relax. Okay. But Miss isn't that, place. that's a big deal though, right? Yeah, but she, but she was making it seem like bigger than just like Miss DC like relax okay it's okay let Candace have her little thing y'all the problem is y'all ever let Candace have nothing even a big competition so first they start with the walk off Candace does the walk well we see her walk a little bit first and then we see Ashley on the tail end what were you thinking about the two walks Candace is bouncier which is nice, in my opinion. I I would imagine, like, pageantry, like, you have to be a little bit more extra. Yeah, of course, Candace's fits hers. Of course, it's, like, hella bouncy like that. There's then a question portion where they ask Candace, um, how does it feel to be so short? And she just says something about reaching up high. And then they ask Ashley about why is her forehead so big? Her answer is less eloquent. Then there's a final portion, the talent portion. Ashley does some sort of strange dance. Good for her. I mean, it was an underdog winning weekend. I like that. And then Candace sings. You know, that's her favorite thing to fucking do. So she'll never miss an opportunity to sing. And she sings Happy Birthday, 
which is also a classic for her, much like it's a classic for Countess Luann. It is a classic <laughs> for Candace. <laughs> so there was a loving, whipping happy birthday out, and she does that. And in the end, the Lady of the River ends up being Candace. All the ladies are getting ready for the evening. They're going out to eat somewhere. And they show Candace getting ready. And she receives, you know, the text again. It's the one with Michael from the strip club. And then they break the fourth wall and they show production, like filming her. And, it, you know, the camera starts to get shaky. Get out of here, please. So she's like, you're going to blur the name, right? And um, they say, yes, yes, no problem, no problem. I mean, so she knows it's going to be on the show. And she's doing a little bit of acting. She's holding her stomach. She's paying to even have this information. Again, giving me very Bethany when she received the text about Tom. And she was being very like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have the sex. I don't want to be the one to do this. Like, the burden. So... <laughs> she walks downstairs right past Ashley and walks over to Giselle and Robin's, I don't know, guest house. And she's like, okay, we need to talk. When she sees Giselle, immediately she's like, she looks frazzled and Giselle notices, of course. So they go outside. Now, if you were the one to receive the text, how would you have gone about it? If you're Candace, you get that text, what do you do? I think that was the best way for her to do it. Her and Ashley are not in a good space right now for her to just approach Ashley with it, period. We've already done the shout out people's business at the dinner table situation. And we're trying to move on from that anyway. So the only way she could have really gone about it was to tell somebody who was particularly close to Ashley. And at the moment, that is Giselle. Yeah, and I mean, we'll describe basically how that scene went down. But I also appreciated that Giselle was still willing to be the mediator in between also uh, to me that was the only way she could have done it I don't really see Ashley ha- taking it as well if like Candace just approached her with it on the side period like that would have been weird I don't want to hear that coming from you we barely like each other I got a text from a good friend your girl's baby daddy was out at the strip club last night <laughs> first of all I need to know the friend they need to be my friend I love the way they text right Um, and then it's the ultraviolet light photo of Michael um, and he was messing around there were several strippers he was talking about how he has a boyfriend and a wife he was asking if who he could take to a nearby hotel looking for some prostitutes it sounds like I would just have to kill him I just would you get a few drinks in you and you babble about how you have a wife and a boyfriend. That's mm. all it takes. You're a fucking... Mm. Like, even though he's not an A-list celebrity, he's a fucking person that is known, kind of. Like, behave yourself. You can't just go around doing whatever. It's gonna, like, someone's gonna find out. If not Ashley herself, one of these ladies is gonna, like, find out somehow. We don't know if he was on drugs or not, allegedly. I would hope he was on drugs because like, at least like an ecstasy or like a molly or something. Anywho, she's just like, okay, look, what should I do? And Giselle's like, okay, well, like, I'll I'll help, like you said. So they decide on that, and they're not going to talk about it at dinner. They're just going to, like, you know, pull her side at one point and talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, this is the commercial. Okay, this is the commercial I was talking about for Salt Lake City, where they're all in like Zoom, and there's one rep from every franchise. Okay, here's here are the reps. Doree is for BH, which love that. Um, Kenya is for Atlanta. Melissa Gorga is for New Jersey. Karen is for Potomac, and Shannon Bedore is for OC. I mean, we don't watch Dallas. Deandra is for Dallas. And unfortunately, Dorinda was New York's representative. Yikes. They really didn't know they were going to fire her, huh? It really came out of left field for them. (laughs) I mean, I guess her fucking anger and aggression came left field for them, but it shouldn't have because, like I said, I've been watching old episodes like since season seven, her first season on, and there's been inklings. And a lot of people, I'm sorry, I think, um, see, the Christianer Heather referred to it as an underbelly of anger that Dorinda had. And that was back at season seven. It was definitely so, Heather. So they've been dealing with this for like five years now. And they're just, they're tired of it. But that's still crazy that she got fired. <laughs> wow. So the ladies are going to the Crab Shack and they make a note that they're overdressed for the Crab Shack. But I would argue not really overdressed because they're not dressed up. Like if they think that's dressed up, Giselle has on a large sweater with like stars all over it. And then Ashley has on like a a jean one piece with like cleavage. And then Robin has on jeans and a top. Monique has on some sort of polka dot dress. I mean, (laughs) they acted like they were in Givenchy. Nonetheless, it is a nice view to sit outside. Very Corona friendly. And they're all kind of talking um, and they're all kind of reflecting on how they are moms and they have families and it's a big deal for them to step away and have moments for themselves, which Monique spearheads that conversation because she wants to bring up her podcast, not for lazy moms. You know, she talks about it briefly. We'll give her the plug she asked for. There's this weird like aside where they show Giselle taking her shoes off and spraying off on her feet. I don't know why we needed to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Might I add, Karen looks stunning in like a slinky black number with her brassiere peeking out and gaudy gold jewelry. She looks gorgeous. Okay. And Monique brings up the fact that her husband is a lazy fuck and he doesn't do anything for her. She has to do everything (laughs) in the house. (laughs) And all he does is provide the dollars that he earned years ago and they're, they're sustaining them. She's just saying, like, it would be nice if he would think, like I did sometimes, and, like, if he's going somewhere, get me help, or, like, order food to the house. Like, anything would help. And then, you know, Robin and her, that's something they related to since the beginning, that, you know, Juan Dixon also is a lazy fuck who does nothing in the house. Because then they claim it's because they're athletes, but I have an odd feeling LeBron James is not a lazy fuck. No, I don't think so either. Okay, so I find that peculiar that they are like fucking spoon fed meanwhile I'm pretty sure there are top tier athletes who hold their own but okay you know just one just gives me and this may not be true you know I don't I don't know him really but he just gives me lazy vibes in general (laughs) I don't know what it is about him but uh maybe it's I don't know if it's from what I've seen or if I just I don't know but he gives me lazy vibes in general, so that really doesn't shock me. I'm like, he's lazy in every other aspect. Why wouldn't he be lazy in bed, too, you know? 
No, yeah, no, I look at him, his mouth doesn't seem like he does a lot of moving, you know what I mean? And <laughs> I don't see I don't see him doing tricks. He doesn't strike me as a trick guy, so yeah, I can imagine he's lazy in all aspects of his life, except for on the court. I just I'm so mad that Monique brought them to this fucking place. The crab shack. Because they really were dressed to the nines to be at a crab shack. <laughs> but if y'all knew the y'all was going to the crab shack, yeah, like right. I hear crab shack, I think jeans. I'm sorry. I just, I wouldn't have put on a statement earring and a bodysuit and a skirt. Right, which is why Ashley's was the best choice because she put on some sort of jean jump. I say um, Robin's is the best choice because she's wearing jeans. Yeah, but she's wearing like a peplum top. That yeah, is... and she's and she's wearing heels. Ashley Darby's outfit has some installed shoulders as well. Does it? I gotta look at mm-hmm. it again. It's really her- <laughs> horrendous and ferocious. But they give us this moment where they're building the tension. Like, ooh, will Candace say it at the table? Is it too much? Is she just gonna leak it here? Spoiler alert! Because we're covering the next episode now. No, she does not spill the beans here. She just, you know, continues to eat her shrimp. In my her business. Right. Um, the, the, the crab shack wasn't the right scene anyway. And that that crab, oh, seafood was looking seafoody in the way I like though. You know what I mean? It looked fresh out the lake or river or wherever the fuck they're at. And they leave on a to be continued cliffhanger as if we don't know the show is coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that on that. So who's your housewife on display this week. Like, nobody. No one did anything this damn episode. This is getting really hard, kids. Maybe Wendy for her acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to give it to baby Cam, so I guess Wendy can get it because she burned <laughs> It's Wendy for the beginning of the episode being one way and ending on a completely different note. <laughs> <laughs> and being the mother of Cameron. I'm really sick in the promotional for next week at the end of last week. They played the dinner scene with Ashley and Michael, and we didn't really get to see that this episode. They they keep doing that. Stop. Stop doing that. That's not what we're watching. So now we're talking season five, episode seven, entitled Fireball and Fire Pits. Great. What are you giving it? Mm, I like this one way more than the previous. It's still like a B plus. Like I wouldn't give it an A minus, really. But it was definitely more entertaining to me than the previous one. So it's a B plus, but like a, a good one. I feel good about it. It's not like a begrudging B plus. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. So the episodes we begins with the scene from the last episode. And they're eating seafood, you know, out of a bucket or, you know, off the table and putting it shit in a bucket or whatever. And meanwhile, they're asking, and by they, I mean, Monique is asking about Michael, how he's doing. Ashley says she knows he closed like some big deal. So there's that. And also she hopes he's getting a lot of good sleep while they're gone. Or he's probably getting a lot of good sleep. And of course, Giselle's making face for the camera and... Candace is looking confused and luckily it just moves on. So the ladies decide to head back, get in their comfy clothes and go to the fire pit because this fire pit ends up being a whole storyline. Right. They show them in the van going home and 
they just acknowledge how dark it is out there. Yeah, because there's probably no street lights or like stoplights and shit. So it's probably dark as hell out there. And Ashley says it's horror movie shit. So yeah, I would agree. And all the ladies start to get comfortable. Candace takes out her chicken cutlets out her boobs and Karen immediately kicks her heels off. So all the ladies are you know, decompressing for the night. And while they're doing that, there's this huge bug who's also somehow a plot line. Um, <laughs> the, the bug is loose and he's near the light fixture upstairs. So Candace and Ashley decide to tag team the bug. And he falls at the fate of Raid when Candace sprays him, but he's not fully dead. He's doing what else? He's like paralyzed. And Whilst paralyzed, our queen Karen steps up to the plate and just knocks him out with the Milano. <laughs> <laughs> How on brand. Um, and also, at the... um, I, I'm okay. sorry. I just wanted to know why Candace had to have the three pack can raid in one hand and another can in another. Like, you didn't need to bring out four cans raid for this one bug. Also, it seems as though there wasn't a missing raid in that pack. So she just grabbed a random pack and already had that bottle, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, what? And this is why people call you dramatic. And this damn bird. Oh, my God. Right. So they're tucked away in Monique's room hiding from the bug. And T'Challa hops up and starts flying and they all freak out. It was funny how he just landed so naturally, though. He knew where he was going. They're They're always freaking out. It's like, he has plans. He's not just going to start flying randomly without, like, a destination. He's going to, like, be going somewhere. So he's yeah. going to see what his mom was doing. And so they freak out. And Ashley's like, that that scares me a lot, Monique. And Monique's like, I'm sorry, Ashley. Like, I didn't, I couldn't have prepared for the bird to fly. But also, you could have. Stop bringing that fucking bird out. I'm sorry. He's on the trip. He's here. No. 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 No one likes the bird. Everyone's scared of the bird. Why do you have the bird then? On the trip, at least. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, come on. Come because on. Chris Samuels refuses to watch the bird. I'm with him. If my mate has a bird, I'm not watching the bird for the weekend. My mate wouldn't have a bird, but if my mate did have a bird, no, I'm not bird watching. Monique is setting up this fire pit. She's, you know, getting the fire going. You know, she's a regular... G.I. Jane, so she's making the fire herself, and she's all geeked about it, and meanwhile, that's when Candace is off to the side with Giselle, hoping to lure Ashley in so they can drop the bomb about Michael. All of this time, Monique is kind of antsy about the fact that Candace and Giselle are off separate, doing whatever they're doing conspiring whatever she's paranoid about it clearly and also annoyed about it so on a scale from one to ten how much did monique overreact to them sitting in her living room like a 20 it was actually like annoying the shit out of me and i give you like a little bit of a pass because you didn't know the sensitivity of what they were talking about but it's also like how old are you like they've been doing what you wanted for the past 24 hours god forbid they need to have a moment off to the side even if it wasn't a serious moment maybe 
they just wanted to talk, that's fine too. I'm confused why she was so like, upset. And then that whole bit she did were like, where are the graham crackers? I looked high and low and can't find a graham cracker. You just want to hear what they're saying. And and they will stop talking the whole time you're in there. So don't worry about it. Because here here's the first thing. So first she suggested that let's let's do some s'mores. Everyone's outside and they're like, yes, we're coming, but we got, we're talking about it now. And this is when she has the flashlight, the light of fluid. She has two types of light of fluid and make that note because it will pop up later. And all this other stuff. And as she's closing the door, she makes a face at them. Okay. And that's it. And Giselle was like, geez. And okay. That was number one. Then she goes back in talking about she needs more lighter fluid. And um, Karen, not knowing what's going on, was like, you had to. Continues to walk away like she ain't hear that shit. Only to open the door and stand at it and and stay there. That bothered me too. I was like, you're not just going to open this door and just stand here and watch us when we expressly said that we will be outside in a minute. And she was so sick when Ashley got pulled into the conversation. She's like, oh, she can be a part of conversation? Like, if we need to summon you, you will be summoned. Do you want to hear about Chris stepping out on you? Do you want this to be your scene? She's like, what is taking y'all so long? And she's yelling. Dean's trying to go to sleep upstairs. She's like, I built a beautiful fire outside. Can you relax? Then she says, Candace is not trustworthy. It makes me wonder, what are you up to? So we just going to ignore Giselle, too? And baby Dean upstairs? (laughs) And let's not forget the fucking mastermind baby Dean upstairs? Okay. She's so... Again, I can't stop bringing up other shows. Namely, New York... Is this your Tinsley and are you Dorinda? Yes. The answer is yes. Because we cannot pinpoint as to why you're really mad at Candace. Just like how we cannot really point why she was mad at Tinsley. Or so we thought. Until it was revealed. (laughs) But it's just like, it still doesn't match. The the, the anger doesn't match the crime. So to me, that's just super peculiar. You know? I just need... Gigi to come on as a friend of so we can see what kind of repercussions she's facing in light of being the one to start all the rumors about Chase not being Chris's biological son and all of that allegedly right and then so again we're back to what you said about Monique doing the whole graham cracker situation which but you knew you had graham crackers because you told us specifically that we we're going to come over and do s'mores and you know that you plan shit out so don't try to act like all of a sudden you don't got graham crackers okay Everybody at the motherfucking lake house got a graham cracker. So then she's walking out as Ashley's walking down. And then so they're pulling Ashley in. And then it's a, oh, so she's invited to the conversation. And I feel like Monique tries to act as she has like, you know, nuance and social grace and whatever. I'm like, if you think there's, I would think that, okay, if they're sitting out here, knowing I have something else going on outside. One, they're grown. It's not that deep. You don't got to be outside if I, if if you really don't want to, in my opinion. But it's also like, if they're pulling her in and they're not going out just yet, would that not alert you to that the fact that there's something going on? Something serious? Like, I'm just kind of confused by her inability to get past her 
hatred for Candace. <laughs> that she's not really reading the room. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Yeah, not at all. She's really incensed on like getting Candace and like taking her down. Right, and, and then she makes like, another face. I'm like, how old are you? Why are you making faces? And then they, and then Giselle called her a stalker, and I'm like, she's acting very stalkerish. And she was like, you could tell her I said it. I mean, it's fine. You don't have to be a part of everything. It's just like, and also like it's being filmed. Worst case scenario, they never tell you what it is, and you find out when you watch. It's right. Fine. But also, it's literally fine. Like realistically too, like even if they didn't tell you, like it will come out. I promise you. That's that what I'm saying. Of- Literally, worst case scenario, you find out on premiere day. Like, but best <laughs> case scenario, and I would have found like, out in hours. I'm about to say it. I'm like, but like realistically, you'll find out before premiere for sure. Like, you know, what I mean? it's just like, why are you being fucking weird? And you know what? We gotta grow up, babe. We gotta grow up. Not everybody's gonna want to do what you want to do 100 percent of the time. I get that it's your birthday, and you and yes, you get majority of our time love and energy exactly but (laughs) but you know sometimes especially toward the end of the trips people got kind of like you know to branch out a little bit go their own way people are tired people you know what I mean like you gotta include at least in one of your days that that people are gonna do what they want to do now had it been Chris Samuels in that room sitting off to the side, didn't feel like coming out to the fire, wouldn't have been no problem. She'd have been quiet. Wouldn't have even questioned it. Right. She would have just told a confessional that she was going to put it on the shelf like everything else. So I need you to put this on the shelf, babes. You're out here looking nutty. You look nuts. Especially, again, and again, it'll come up later, but especially just saying, like, Candace is not trustworthy, so what are y'all up to? What? There are two other motherfuckers on this couch. Who have been like the plot pushers of this show, the bone carriers of Potomac. So for you to see that trio and you think Candace is the word is like up to no good out of those three. Wow. And I'm like, especially Giselle, like you have beef with Giselle for a long time. Giselle's had a scene in this here kitchen before getting kicked out. Nonetheless, Candace hands over her phone to show Ashley the text that her friend sent her and Ashley scrolling reading them aloud because she's such a good reality tv show person she wouldn't just read them silently and they also show a timestamp for some reason 11 22 p.m he has a wife he has a boyfriend and a wife was one of the quotes and he was asking who he could take to a nearby hotel I mean of course those were the two big details that we really needed to know so she sees that and she wants to know, is this person a credible source? And Candace is like, yes, this is my friend I've known for like quite some time. And Giselle kind of explains that if he wasn't honest with you, you deserve to know. So like, even if you don't tell us what's going on or give us anything, it's okay. Like, you deserve to know. And then Ashley says she's shocked. She didn't see this coming. But at the same time, her face is blank. Ashley reveals that she reads text messages, she reads emails, and she even sniffs underwear. And Giselle can't help but laugh under her collar. 
He's cheated before and said crazy things before. Were you sniffing underwear then too? But then she also brings up the fact that she smelled perfume on him before. So I was wondering if she's sniffing clothes for perfume as well on him. And she said she smelled perfume on him one time on his clothes. Again, what perfume is this? Like Chanel number five? Like what strong ass perfume is it that's sticking in your clothes from like another woman like lingering to the point where whenever you take it off, she goes lurking, sleuthing, gets it out of the bin, sniffs it. I don't look forward to getting married and sniffing my husband's clothes. You don't get sniffing or you wouldn't sniff? I'm saying I just, I don't look forward to having to do that. I'm not trying to like be pet detective and like put A, B, and C together. If I have to sniff your clothes, we're not in a good place. If I, that's what I'm saying. Like if I have to do that, then it's just not a good look. And so I'm saying right now that I won't do that because I refuse to be in that position where like I'm so desperate to not leave. But I feel like I need to know answers, but I need answers to questions that I already know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's a weird place to be in. Because you think something's up and you know something's up, which is why you're doing the sniffing. But then you still just won't leave him instead of subjecting yourself to sniffing. It's dehumanizing. (laughs) You would think she's doing it for ammo, right? It's not that. On the verge of laughing, dare I say? Like, she's trying to play serious, and then, like, she'll crack a smile, but then she, she's like, okay, I'm being serious. I'm being like, yeah, mm, yes, oh, Michael, yes, boyfriend, wife, oh, yes, okay, oh, prostitutes, okay, yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. And she looks at the ladies with a smile, and she says, I'll take this information and see if there's any truth to it. This whole scene, she seems... Like I've said before, and I will keep saying, she's just trying to secure her bag. She already knows it's a fucked up situation. I have an idea she even... already knew what it was, like, before they got married, even. Right. And I'm like, right. And they're currently not even sleeping with each other. So, I mean, realistically, where is he going to go? He was going places when we were sleeping with each other. So I can only imagine now. Right. Someone with the sexual desire, like Michael, the the stamina that he appears to have, he needs to get that poison out, as Joe Gorga would say. God damn, I can't stop referring to other shows today. Um... Yeah, so then they shoot back to the fire and Monique looks tense as they run out. Yeah, they come to fraternize with other ladies and see what's going on. And, you know, immediately they have to talk about the fact that they weren't there. They said, you left your girl, you left your girl here. They're like, who, who, who? And she, they were, of course, talking about Robin and the fact that Giselle left her outside in the cold with the rest of the ladies. And she said she's grown now. And they're all like, now? Now, this is the day. I lied earlier. This is the day that Giselle has to go to bed early for her New York Literary Award. And Robin, (laughs) her bodyguard, has to walk her back to the house. So they leave. And then, of course, as soon as Ashley had gotten the news, Dean woke up. So she has to go back to attend to him. But I'm like, what's the point of bringing this nanny if every time he's up, you got to go see him? Right. Also, Monique's house looks stunning from the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really good at um, outdoor. She's really good at the back outdoor situation. I don't know why the, you know, the posterior facade of the homes that she has in the backyards are the best part. 
Yeah, she just has a nice setup where you can get to every level by walking up the stairs. And they're all like, so it, everything is like a balcony in the back or like a deck in the back, kind of. So it seems mm-hmm. like every room has a deck, which is super cool. Um, yeah, so this is kind of when the night ends, cameras go down, except for like one cameraman, you know, or like just to film what the ladies are doing down in the basement. The nightcap crew includes Candace, Monique, our queen and Wendy and they go downstairs and they're drinking fireball hence the name of the episode um and they're cheersing and taking shot 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 also Monique who loves to smoke as we know she's a cigar person so she whips out a king palm and she said it's full of CBD and Karen refuses to smoke it we don't see Wendy smoke it but we do see Candace and Monique hit it was it all CBD? Probably not. Because earlier in one of the scenes, I peeped when I was rewatching. I think it was actually the last episode. Candace had mentioned that she was like, yeah, and I was high last night and I kept feeling like bugs were crawling on me and yada, yada, yada. Did she really? Yes. That's funny. I didn't I catch it that. the first time, too. Exactly. I didn't catch it the first time. I saw it the second time. And um, who was she talking to? Wendy. Okay. Is CBD gonna give you that feeling? No. It's not. Maybe this particular one has CBD in it, but the girls have access to real drugs. Psychically psychoactive agent <laughs> giving you the feelings of bugs crawling on you. Unless, in fact, there really were bugs crawling on her and it had nothing to do with the fact that she was high. But... yeah. If you're saying, oh, I'm so high, uh, chances are <laughs> you're not talking about off crystal meth. I was saying, we're not talking about fucking CBD of all things. I could use some. 33 a.m. at the lake house, and the ladies are getting wasty. Again, the producer cam just shows them taking shots, and there's a shot counter specifically on Karen, not on everyone else. So she shot one, two, three, and at three, she does this weird thing where she sees Candace's shot and she sees her own. She she says, can we switch before we drink them? So I don't know who's one was bigger, obviously, one was smaller. I don't know if she switched to the bigger one or the smaller one. But shot five happens. She's starting to, like, you know, get a little loosey-goosey. And she's getting funny. And you can, you can see it in her eyes as she's drinking in her movements. She's motor impaired. Um, and then the camera does a weird edit where, like a drunk edit, and she talks about her vagina. She doesn't have an old vagina. Her shit is moist. A wop, if you will. Ah! <laughs> um, and Karen's pouring up more shots. She's feeling good. Or bad. That's why she drinks so much. <laughs> um, and she's talking about it's hard to be with or it's hard to marry a powerfully successful man. I don't know why she kept trying to say those words specifically. Powerfully successful? What a combo of words. I would say that's why she repeated herself because she realized it sounds really weird. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't say it like that. It's just you wouldn't have to say that someone's powerfully successful. Who says that? <laughs> Powerful and successful, maybe, but powerfully or, successful. Right, or 
greatly successful, but you don't think <laughs> powerfully successful. <laughs> She's always going to up the ante when it comes to her and her finances and her success and all of that. So that was great. She's looking like Tina Lawson in this episode right here. Does she not? Yeah. <laughs> She's giving me real Miss Tina. And even her wig looks frazzled. It looks frizzy. She's I mean, loose. I must say, because she's sloshing, swaying back and forth. So she's just talking about her marriage and the fact that being with Ray, it's tough now because she said that he's not used to her being the powerfully successful woman that she is. And she reveals that when they went under on the tax shit, she gave half. And she wants her half back. Again, giving me very Greg Leaks when he called that guy on the radio station from Atlanta and was like, I invested $300,000 in Nene and I want that money back. Karen wants her cut. But it's like, babe, like you're married. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. Yeah, you're not going to see that money back. So stop asking for it. I mean, maybe that's why he's acting so funky. He feels like less than... Emasculated, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would explain that. I mean, thank God she got on the show just in the nick of time for you to go under. Because up until then, it was truly him being the breadwinner. I'm sure some of that money she had stashed away, she had, was from him. And then she just cheers to friendship with one final shot before they all go to bed. So the ladies leave... The next day, we see Giselle sneaking out early to go to the award show, and conveniently, see ya, baby Dean. See you. Um, no problem. Don't need to see you. You're single anyway. You weren't gonna bring a man to the house anyway. <sighs> that was self-loathing. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, and conveniently, baby Dean is perched up on his mother's shoulder like he's T'Challa and. She's trying to call Michael, and suddenly the Wi-Fi doesn't work for her. On the heels of what happened last night, it's too ironic. Too coincidental. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Baby Dean just looked into the camera. He's right into my soul. <laughs> He's like the Mona Lisa. No matter where you look, he, you can always make eye contact with him. bad dreams tonight. I know it. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me. It's okay. Oh, Sage, your, Sage your apartment tonight and hopefully oh. his spirit will be cleansed. Oh, God. Chris Samuels is the first mate to make it to the house. It is his house, so he walks in um, the next morning and Monique is like getting ready and stuff. And right on time, Chris, the lazy fuck, he's sitting down and she's working overtime. Okay. And everyone starts to make their way down. Breakfast seems catered too. And um, Dean comes downstairs and Chris gets to meet Dean for the first time. I don't know if you've heard these rumors. Allegedly, Monique is like bleaching her skin. <gasps> and it may not be true. Oh, but Lord. the <laughs> but the evidence is slightly damning. Like I guess there's like a certain way your skin turns when you bleach it. 
and they had some befores like when she first came on and like the nows especially in like the decolletage area in the hands maybe she has some dark spots maybe she has a vitiligo um but it's an interesting theory i i'm not on ever on skin bleach watch so if someone could bleach her skin yeah. i wouldn't notice like i didn't know black china was bleaching her skin until she she came out with it i don't know that until someone says it so it's just interesting allegedly <laughs> <laughs> so basically chris gets up and it's the ladies kind of recapping last night and monique's not over the fact that the ladies disrespected her in her eyes so she's bringing it up, but she's prying, and she wants to know what the fuck was being talked about. And Ashley says what Candace did was very respectful, and she just came to me last night with some information about Michael's whereabouts and what he was doing on Thursday, and everyone's reaction was like, Michael, back at it again. But Monique reacts weird, and she's like, this already happened last season, basically, is what she's saying. Like, last season, the whole storyline was that he grabbed somebody's ass. Now we're talking about, allegedly, now we're talking about the fact that he's stepping out, like, get over it. Like, let's get a new storyline. It's like, well, let Michael do something else besides cheat. My thing is, it's like, Ashley's like, okay, you know, Candace is being really respectful and being a friend to me about it. And then Monique rolls her eyes and throws her head back, which, again, you're being really weird. And um, Monique actually, she says, haven't we been down this road before? Like, when are we going to wake up and realize that certain roads aren't good to go down and leave it alone? So it wasn't even a matter of let's stop talking about Michael and more so, again, to attack Candace, as in let's stop talking about it. So Candace, knowing that that's where she's kind of going with it, she's like, what are you talking about? And then she says, this is Deja Vu of last year. And I'm like, right. you're pulling at strings to be mad at her. You're saying all of this when what you really want to just tell her is, why don't you mind your business? But then it's also like, you knew that would have been crazy to say. You're taking this personally. You're feeling some type of way about how your relationship is going with both your husband and Candace. You like it when everyone else is, is ganging up on Candace. Ashley running to you talking about how great Candace has been. It's That's not flattering to you. You don't like that. So she just says that she's sick of people attacking marriages. Again, I'm not sure all the marriages that were being attacked besides Michael. Um, and it's not even marriages. It's Michael being attacked for doing things that he does. I mean, you cannot say that her bringing Sharice to her party is attacking your marriage. I, that can that cannot be the same thing. Is is her bringing her to your party more of an attack than Sharice saying what she said? And Candace apologized multiple times already. What more do you want from her? So somehow her bringing Sharice to the party is her being up in other people's marriages. I just I'm not equating the two things. It's not adding up to me. But I'm not Monique, so my vantage point is different. To be fair, it it didn't even make sense to Monique. Let's be honest. Um, she was fishing, and and that it is what it is, and she knew it. Actually, yeah. everybody else, not she didn't know it. Everybody else knew it. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's looking at her. Where she even kind of 
earlier in that scene kind of lost it with Ashley a little bit and was like, well, Ashley, I'm like, oh, shit, you're Ashley's your ally. Don't lose it on her. You know, it's bad when Robin's trying to defend people. Yeah. And Wendy, too. So that just made Monique even sicker. Nobody was on her side and they weren't getting anywhere. So Karen goes upstairs to take a bath and they kind of defuse because there was really nothing more to say there. And now the the future fight scene just makes more and more sense now. Because everyone in general from Jump, it was kind of getting off the vibes that like nobody was on Monique's side <laughs> in the first place. And now I can definitely see why. Not when it seems like they get in a fight over her not going to the Not For The Lazy Moms live podcast. So another husband arrives. It's Wendy's husband. He comes in his Mr. Rogers outfit. And he comes and surprises her outside. I hated that. I think he's Go pretty ahead. attractive. But I, I just wish that he hadn't worn that sweater on top of it. I don't... Yeah, it's like the printed button-up underneath the Mr. Rogers sweater. Ooh. Chris is next to arrive. He sees Candace. Da-da-da, da-da-da. They're drinking. It's kind of early in the morning, too. I remember the clock had said it was like 11 a.m., almost noon. So, you know, they're starting to party early. And Karen is noticeably in shades and kind of looks a little exhausted. You know, she went to go take a bath earlier. And Robin turns to her and she said, I heard you were drinking last night. I heard you were drinking that fireball last night. And Karen's like, huh? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I wish you hadn't done that, though. Come on, Karen. Just own up to it. It's all right. Right. They're making it seem like she threw up on somebody or something. Like that she has something to hide. And then Monique walks out with a pan of something she's calling Danishes, but they're really just Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. I was so confused when she kept calling them Danishes. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I just popped them in the oven. And I saw what they were. And I'm like, hold on, wait. That was not what I expected. I don't. And again, that's very highfalutin. That's very Karen move to call it like a Danish when it's really just like a cinnamon roll. Also, you're doing damage control right now because your facade was cracking inside. And so now it's like, huh, I'm back to me. Nice, perfect me. Um, would you like a Danish? Uh, you know, it's, it felt very like the robot was recalculating its errors based off of the responses it was getting from other people. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's trying to get back onto the program track. Via Danish. Via Danish. And nobody ate the Danish. I don't know if that's symbolic. Right, nobody wanted one. Because why? we just ate breakfast. Why would I want a fucking Danish right now? That's not, again, I mean, not, I would, but I'm I'm not the right person to ask. Right. Well, I, I'm a fat bitch, so that I don't count. And Ashley's using her mega mind child as a fucking excuse to not hang around other people, and I'm over it. And I love that Michael obviously had like planned this for weeks that he was going to step out this weekend because he didn't even have plans to come on the dudes' night. Right. Somehow, big business was taking him away this weekend. He was determined. He heard Juan wasn't going to be there, and he said, fuck it, I don't need to be there either. <laughs> <laughs> they end up, and by they, I mean Monique and Candace kind of end up getting back into it about what was happening earlier. Monique's applying pressure on Candace about the fact that she disrespected her, and then Candace storms off, and she says, I'm not doing this scene you want to do right now. I'm not having it. So she goes back to her bedroom, and 
when she's gone, Wendy and Robin are explaining to her, like, girl, she, like, you shouldn't be so mad at her. Why are you so focused on her? There were three people in there. And, like, also, now that you know what it's about, why are you not more relaxed about it? You wanted her to just say it at the fire pit. Would that have been better? And um, Wendy kindly points out that she's a control freak. Because my thing is, it's like, listen, 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 listen. Okay, yes, you were upset last night. And you made several comments as it was happening last night. We already know your position on it. But then we come into this morning and you brought it up again. How many times are you going to bring it up? Two times this morning. Once in the kitchen and another outside. Jeez Louise, your dog with a bone. Go on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's where you belong. And again, Candace is apologizing. What more do you want? I just don't like being lied to, is what she said. And I'm like, what was the lie? I just don't like being lied to. I wouldn't even consider that a lie, really. It's it's like a it's like a white lie. It's it's but barely. It's it, uh, it's not a lie. It's just like it's an omission joke. of the truth. Yeah, right. You know. It just could have been a heads up. What the fuck heads up could I have given you? Heads up. We're about to talk about Ashley. I mean, the point was to avoid that. And I did give you a heads up. I said, I just need to have a conversation with Candace and Ashley for a minute. Something we've neglected to cover, which is unrelated to this, but related to the show, is the fact that the Grand Dame holds the center glass of champagne. Because everyone knows she's the better one, but it's fine. Wow, this is her first year in the center, if I'm remembering correctly. Deserve that. You know, slow and steady wins the race, you know? I hate, I love that Candace walked away, actually, because it was the only way to resolve that. Yeah, because you want to have the scene right now, and you are, like, high on the fact that you have this, and you can continue to harp on this, and I'm not giving you that. We'll fight next episode, I can't. (laughs) Right. We'll literally have a drag-out fight soon so and I again yeah like you were saying and I just appreciate that Wendy pointed out like she's like you only seem to be having this energy for Candace and not Giselle or Ashley and then she's like well Giselle's not here for me to have this energy on so save it up then because we've heard it we've heard it and you've gotten an apology and even then Wendy was like this is not the same energy like this even then, the energy that you're giving Ashley is not the same that you're giving to Candace. Yeah. And I, that was generous because I didn't see her give Ashley any energy at all. So I don't Right, know. her tone kind of switched with Ashley, which wasn't great, but she let it go quickly. It didn't last that long. We go to Giselle and the best nominees for, I mean, and the nominees for Best Fiction are and it's revealed that she's at the African American Literary Awards. Ooh, and really? I don't know if anyone else was shocked, but I was shocked when they said Giselle Bryant, my word, was the winner for best fiction. Not fiction, child. Right. First of all, it should have been in the nonfiction category. Secondly, I didn't read all those books on the list, but I have an odd feeling there was a better book. <laughs> <laughs> I truly, truly do. Ray pulls up. Karen is the only one of the women to like go out and greet him by the car and like walk him in the house. 
She always goes the extra mile for her man. And he pays her dust. Dazed and confused, he walks into the house. They show the guys all talking. They're having guy talk. Why won't you take that sweater off? And, like, not even loosen a button or two. He has a whole shirt on underneath. Take the fucking sweater off. A button up, buttoned up to the highest button. And then the sweater, every button, button. He's looking like, where am I? <laughs> I hate Ray. <laughs> <laughs> he looks stiff. And then it's like, the, the button up underneath don't even go with the sweater. I'm confused. While Wendy's husband is sitting there uncomfortably in his super button top, <laughs> he's talking to Chris. He's talking to Chris about their fellow, like, snip, snip journey and if they're going to, you know, take that step, which all PSA for the one guy listening to this, please get a snip, snip, because here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. We go through enough as women, us having the pressure of always being the one that has to control, you know, like, if we're going to have a baby or not, the birth control's in our hands somehow us getting our tube tied is a lot more serious than you just going in for a quick snip speaking of that surgery that i scrubbed in on today she also got her tubes got her tube side today also and um yeah I, i've seen it i witnessed it it's much more invasive than your little snip snip as a man also your situation is reversible as a man, so like, why not? Like, if right, and this, I mean, for all of you men that were concerned about not being able to finish, please know that you are still able to fully bust your load. Don't worry about that. That's not what happens. It doesn't like literally chop your balls off. Uh, and that's what I realized. Men are just so fucking dumb. Chris was really sitting there and. It, not sure why Monique married him, to be honest. He's looking really bad. Just in terms of, like, his care and concern for other people. It's, like, mm-hmm. not there. He's being very Leo. <laughs> very, I'm the center of my universe. And you know what? That's fine. It's fine to have those thoughts. But you got to be able to step outside of that sometimes. You just have to. I'm sorry. And he's very unable to. He's like, I, he doesn't want to get it because he feels like it's going to affect the strength and character of his orgasm. And I'm really curious as to how he got to that place logically. Like, I didn't know that getting a vasectomy led to your toes not curling. If they always curled, I believe they will still curl the same way. Your orgasm response is literally based off the little fucking neurons firing from your brain and spinal cord. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm literally stopping the sperm from coming out. And again, the fluid is not only sperm fluid. So I, it just, it felt very like you're dumb. You sound dumb. And if I was Monique, I would be very embarrassed to watch this over. Cause I'm like, this man is refusing to do this little surgery for me after I've had three of his big-headed children. He's acting like a Neanderthal, very primal. And it's, you know what? It has its time and place, this little primal behavior, okay? This is not it. This is not it. Now I'm asking you to do something to benefit my well-being as a person. 
and you said I could give a fuck actually he's very like if I give you money then you should shut the fuck up about anything else and that's so crazy to me <laughs> he should have been born in a different century Man. outdated th- way of thinking uh-huh. meanwhile the couple of the century Karen and Ray are walking in and she's uh, seems to be holding him and propping him up and she greets she walks him directly into the room so he could say hello to the fellas I just love how she treats him like an elder also, the idea of, like, Ray and, like, Chris's toes curling. <laughs> yeah, Chris was saying it as if he was some sex symbol, and that would, like, arouse me. Like, unless you're Juan Dixon talking about how your toes curl, I don't really want to hear about it. Yuck. Ew. They so... want us to be so turned on by them, and I'm not. What a, again, I just hate to bring astrology into this, but it's just so relevant. Because only that type of couple would be so interested in their their own appearance and their own sex life. And I'm like, but generally those are the people I'm like, yuck. <laughs> yeah. The sexier ones are the ones that like don't talk about it. Well, first of all, they're mutually attractive and they don't talk about it. And I'm like, that's kind of hot. Like, what are y'all doing? You know what I mean? I and it's just an energy them. between them. You can just right. tell. Like, it's they get down. A, right. It's just a vibe. Even if it's, they're not cute, it's like, oh, they got a vibe going on. You constantly talking about how much you do this and what you do, and I'm like, ugh. I just love how they're having a vasectomy conversation, and then in comes old ass Ray. <laughs> Fucking father time. I'm gonna say he doesn't need this <laughs> conversation. That's for sure. So, um, I like to point out that at this point, Candace is still upstairs, just kind of packing and getting herself together because of the negative energy Monique came at her with and I noticed that she has a modern renaissance palette packed away in her suitcase and meanwhile she's talking about how her Chris and Monique's Chris are good friends but that her and Monique are on the fritz and she feels bad she's like they don't deserve us going back and forth like they're cool but sorry like what we've got going on is not good also there's a housekeeper here she's you know bringing in pans of food. I can't tell what kind of food they're having. Can you? No. It looks weird, though. It's, I guess from what I've... I, I think it's a cabbage, some mac and cheese. Yeah, everything looked mushy. Okay, well, that explains why. <laughs> I guess that's what last ca- minute catering will do. But I did notice they had a nothing but cake um, bag, and ugh, if you never had a nothing but cake, guys, it's to die for. Um, and they bring her in some flowers and some balloons, and it's happy birthday, and everyone's downstairs, you know, cheering her on, singing the song, and Candace is upstairs, just like ear to the door type listening. And just on time, Chris says, um, did we lose Candace? Like, just kind of asking, because obviously, like, that's his wife, and he's just curious. He hasn't probably seen her in a while. And Monique turns her face up in such an evil way like it's so funny how quickly she went from like basking in the glory of it being her birthday to like being mean and rotten and also her teeth are a little red so I could tell she's been drinking a lot of Camus so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which I also saw at the Crab Shack the bottle you can always see the Camus I wonder if she's sponsored like they need to cut her a deal um and right at that moment, she says, we got into an argument, so she's packing her. So she's like, ready to just go off. And Candace 
just like a pageant girl comes down right on time, skipping, doesn't miss a beat. I'm right here in the most peppy of tones. I love that. And she came down and she told Chris, Chris is like, what's happening? I'm curious. Like, what's the tea? And she's like, it's not worth like going over. I'm not going to give her the energy. She's trying to cause a scene right now. Again, not doing it. Right. It's erroneous. She actually, she's sad. It's funny because as Monique said what she said, you can see her husband Chris on the side, like, oh my god, like <laughs> he's over the antics too. Can you just please, Monique, for the sake of everybody on the show, well, really for the sake of Candace, because that's who you seem to be targeting right now. For the sake of Candace, can you just like deal with your issues with Chris? You're taking out all your issues with him on like everyone but him. It's it's getting a little bit ridiculous at this point. Please get your home life together and spare all of us. Please spare all of us. I'm sorry you married a caveman. Ooh, <laughs> I randomly I just got chills on my spine because I randomly thought of that scene from this past season of Atlanta where Kenya and Mark were doing that like primal Neanderthal voice to each other. Me want sex. <gasps> Me hurt you. Oh my god. I hadn't thought. I had been doing so well not thinking of that and that keeping me up every night. Yikes, that was in the vault. Truly one of the yeah. darkest things I've ever seen on Housewives of Atlanta, for sure. And it's there was a whole season where Candy was a alleged rapist. So there, it's dark, but that was some bad footage. Yuck. Yeah, giving me that. Um. So after Monique's, you know, decided to show her true colors and her facade starts to crack. Then they start, you know, talking, they're sitting at the table and they're all talking about, like, people's relationships and they kind of get into Wendy and her husband's relationship. And I think somebody had started joking, I think it was Candace who had joked that, like, oh, you know, you guys must have had an arranged marriage. And I guess that was, like, a cultural thing because, you know, they're Nigerian. Um, and arranged marriages sometimes happen, but not always. And um, they were like, actually, no, because his mom doesn't like Wendy. And so basically, they met, they dated, they fell in love, yada, yada, yada. Their moms knew each other from some time past, and their moms had beef. So when his mom found out that they were getting married, you know, her, you know, his parents both were kind of like throwing down the ultimatum, like, if you marry her, like, it's donezo for you and us. Like, there's no more family over here. And apparently they were also going and telling people at the, if their friends and family, like, if you go to their wedding, then you're also cut off from us. Oh, okay. So th- that's the part I was confused about because I was confused about how they were making the joke about the arranged marriage. And she's like, well, his mom hates me. I'm like, wait, it can't be an arranged marriage if the mom hates you. Okay, no, the mom does still hate, and her mom's a, a lady chief. Yeah, but I mean, okay. I mean, does that play a part in the story, or does she just brag about that? The thing is, the other Nigerian consult that I have um, also comes from some sort of lineage like that, some sort of royalty. So I don't know if this is kind of like we're just giving everybody chiefdom, um, or if this is like legit. And I just happen to know multiple stories now. Like, I don't know how it really works out. But um, 
I mean, I, she said it like it was a flex, but she says everything like it's a flex. So who knows? But I'm going to give it to her like it's a flex because I don't know any differently. Okay. Because I was expecting her to be yeah. like, my mom was a chief of one, you know, crew, whatever you call it. And then his mom was Not a chief. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Tribe. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> tribe. Yeah. So she was the chief of one tribe and then she his mother was a chief of another tribe and they were like rival tribes. That's what I was expecting the story to pan out, like why she would bring that up. That never paid off in that way. So guess what? It's another round of games. In this game, this hijink is about the ladies asking the husbands to like imitate them and then they'll rate who's best. So first up is Ray. <laughs> His imitation was so rickety. His imitation is like, where is my tea? I'm like, that's it? And Karen double <laughs> Karen truly is in love with this man. She doubles over in laughter. Immediately. All he said was, where is my tea? And she's screaming. And then his next line is, and please bring it soon. <laughs> Definitely in red permanent marker definitely circled bad bad grade so next up okay so ray gets an f we haven't given a single f of this show and i'm giving ray a big fat f next up is wendy's husband god forbid i know this man's name so he'll just be wendy's husband for now and he imitates her picking out clothes saying like which one should i wear Tell me which one to wear. The one he picks. She's like, oh, I don't like that. Classic, like, the, he got that off of, like, a, a scripted TV show, for sure. Um, the next imitation, Chris Samuels is imitating Monique. And all he does is come prepared with a huge Heineken bottle. First of all, I've never seen a Heineken bottle shaped like a champagne bottle before. But he has mm. a, And he brings him from behind his back, gets on his knees, and just looks at it. And that was the whole imitation. What was he implying? That she gets so head? Com- yeah, in the confessional, that's what Wendy said. She's basically was like, if, fellatio. if we're you to imitate your wife and all you can bring up is fellatio, that's like a problem. But it was just extremely unclear. He should have at least touched the bottle or done something like that was a horrible imitation. And he wasn't looking for it to be good. So Monique found it cute. So as long as she thought it was cute. Did she? <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to have to laugh in a uh, hee-hee too. Because I can't let people know how embarrassed I am. That this is what my husband chose to do. He could have done anything. You could tell who loves their wife and who don't. Yeah. Um... The next one, I made this note a couple episodes ago when he did the Giselle impression and it's come full circle because Chris, Candace's Chris, is the best actor of the bunch. He clearly does this shit all the fucking time. These, like, scenes. These two-minute scenes. Every other guy came in with his own mannerisms and just was, like, saying lines they think their wife would say. But he even came in, like, his back was up. His fingers were like prissy he just was like doing a lot and he had obviously practiced and he did a flip of the switch she came in you know in her bougie shit flipped the switch and he brought a prop out of his pocket that was supposed to symbolize a butter knife and was saying like I'll they are really leaning into this butter knife thing 
Mm-hmm. Was it that iconic? I mean, it was funny that she threw the butter knife at her, but I didn't think it was like top like ten moments. I thought it was funnier in that scene when she said, "I offered her a beverage." That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess it's time for everyone to leave and the guys came the same day they were leaving they were never staying so everyone kind of says their goodbyes but there's farewells and they go out um monique is awake at this point and she's you know saying goodbye to all her guests and she's laying down with chris as everyone else is like packing so the first to leave are karen and wendy and their men so they get out pretty quick. And then Chris is on a soapbox giving a speech. And Monique's kind of falling asleep. And she yawns. And he says, you're not going to fall asleep on me. And she's like, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm tired. He said, no, you're going to listen. That's very, good, man. Very quick aside, I love when the producers give us those little moments. It just gives us such a peek into their dynamic. And right now, it's bad. Yeah. Um... She helps Ashley like walk out with some of the baby stuff, and Chris finally is finds himself a little bit useful, and he holds baby Dean um, as they pack up the car, and then off they go as well. So the stragglers are Chris and Candace, which is weird because Candace packed already. So why are you struggling? Yeah, there was that whole scene of her early earlier like fully zipping her suitcase because she was fully packed, but. For some reason, it took her a long time. And she comes down and says goodbye to Chris. And Monique is suddenly, like, passed out. Propped up in a way that I don't know if she's actually asleep. And they cut to a jarring confessional with Candace in the wiggiest wig I've ever seen her in. Even the makeup is, like, a lot. Um, it's bizarre. And Candace points out that Monique prides herself as being the hostess of all hostesses. And somehow, some way, she's knocked out and, like, not helping her get out the door like she did for everyone else. And even when she says goodbye, she doesn't, like, pipe up or, like, sit up or anything. Right. It's very convenient. <laughs> not Chris told... Chris said, I told Chris we're all going to be partners. <laughs> and Candace said, maybe it'll work itself out or not. Right. The or not killed me. Because <laughs> it's seeming like the latter. Like, babe, you need to talk to your bitch. I'm going to have a problem with her. She's the one that kind of keeps coming from my neck. So, 24 hours later, we see Dean quote unquote sleep in the car while Ashley's driving. <laughs> and I found this odd. They were filming this as if this was the first time Ashley spoke to Michael since she had been home, but they had been home for a full 24 hours, so she definitely saw him before this. And he's, like, mad at her for calling. He's like, I'm busy. I have shit to do. Basically, like, why are you blowing my phone up? It's never a good sign. He said, I have a one thirty call, so you just caught me a bit off guard. You know what I do when someone's calling me and I know I'm gonna have a shit attitude if I answer it? I won't answer it. like there's that option too you don't have to pick up the call you could simply let it pass and send a text I'll call you after I have this meeting if it is if it's keeping you like so upset like you're so mad that she would even dial your number on the heels of you cheating 
with prostitutes in a nearby hotel. Allegedly. Hucha. And she says that when she came back, he didn't get into detail about what he did, but he did admit that he did something wrong. And so he slept in the baby's room and she slept in the bedroom. One hour later, they're showing headline after headline after headline after gossip of the city screenshot. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part. Absolute favorite because also Michael, if the picture from Gossip of the City, the screenshot is Michael in said hotel where he took nearby whoever's and it's him with his back turned like checking his phone, probably texting Ashley and his shape. He is so boxy. So the news drops and all of the ladies are in their confessionals kind of like sounding off about their initial thoughts about it. And of course, Giselle is stirring the pot and she's on the phone talking about it. She has to be, and she's just kind of giving her two cents. We see another Gossip of the City item, and it's an actual video of Michael a little close to someone definitely crossing personal boundaries and, like, kind of whispering in their ear, I'm sure, soliciting sexual activity. Mm. And that was pretty much the episode. We see scenes for next week. We see Monique talking about how her podcast cost her $200,000, so... She needs it to blow up. And we see Candace say that she, at this point, doesn't want to have a relationship with Monique. She kind of knows where they are and is comfortable with calling it quits. And then they show Ashley having this conversation with her husband, who's a cheater, allegedly. And then they show the scene. Drag me, Monique. Y'all gonna stop showing me this damn scene. Don't bring it this be it's the episode. It better be in next week. It better not be how they keep showing scenes for stuff that's not coming in for two weeks. It mm. better be in next week. It's going. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. Come on. But yeah. So, who's your housewife on display this week? Those gotta be Monique. This is the villain edit. She's starting to get it. And it's her birthday. Wouldn't she want to be the housewife on display? I think she just won an award for being our first person we've awarded it to twice. So good for fucking her. That's where we're at. Any final thoughts or anything you need to say? Predictions for next week? Here's the prediction. Ash is going to pretend like <laughs> this thing with Michael's not happening. And um, hopefully we get to see a fight. Doubtful. I want to know what this lake house incident can't be what really caused that fight though. It just can't be. It really can't be, but there's been nothing substantial enough to explain it, so I have a feeling it's never going to make sense. That's powerful. It's truly going to be over this Not For Lazy Moms event. Candace is oh, not maybe. even a mom. Oh, right. Maybe it's that. Maybe because she's not doing anymore. Yeah, she's not coming to the live show. Again, she's the one that's not the mom out of the group. If she wants to skip on the Not For Lazy Moms event, it's fine. Yeah, what is she going to do? Like, speak from a perspective of someone who's not a mom? That's weird. Speak from the Dorothy daughter perspective? Right, she's like, right. Not only am I not a mom, but I also don't have a great mom myself. So I'm like, I don't really get what you expected from her. Like, your podcast, you talk about, like, CBD and, like, essential oils and, like, being a mother and, like, a non-vaxxer. Like, what does that have to do with her? (laughs) So... Breaking news, breaking news. 
It's really minor. Nothing crazy. Um, I'm holding. I'm holding my breath. I'm holding my breath. We are getting Bryson Tiller music, y'all. Bryson Tiller tweeted two hours ago that he has a new song coming out Monday, titled "Always Forever." <laughs> and it's really funny because this morning I was driving and I was listening to, I put my shit on shuffle. And Wild Thoughts came on, which was funny because it's just like, how old is that song at this point? But I was like, wow, Rihanna and Bryson really came on and featured on fucking Wild Thoughts. And so that's the only fucking music y'all are getting from us, losers. And then two hours ago, he tweets, new song Monday. Wow, my psychic abilities are crazy. Hello, caller, are you there? I know you're on the floor, but. You know I listen to Trap Soul once a week. So for <laughs> so the fact that maybe I can listen to another song once a week. I know he did have another single that had come out this year that I didn't listen to. So him coming out with a single is not necessarily what I wanted to hear because, again, he's come out with a single. And he came out with one last year I didn't listen to. and still not to this year. But I have bigger hope for this single since he seems to be promoting it. Is this his new don't? Who knows? Bring me back to college, please. Bring me back to when we saw you on our university campus and you were performing with a boot on and you performed your whole album front to back. <laughs> that was amazing. And somebody was smoking ganja in the audience, child, because that stadium was lit up. His and Lil Wayne's was lit up. Lil Wayne's was unreal. His was just a little smoky. I don't remember. Well, that's because Wayne was also participating himself. I smoked. And it was 420. Right. And I don't remember anybody other Kevin Kevin Hart stand up smoking, but. No. <laughs> I guess that wasn't. <laughs> that was a daytime one, though. Remember, it was a Sunday daytime. It was a whole different vibe. Right, but it's still a comedy show. It wasn't that comedy art. show. Guess it wasn't that. No. <laughs> oh my god if if it's a hit I'll probably start crying when I listen oh no I don't like the pressure I don't like to put pressure on him like that <sighs> if it's nice that'll be nice if he likes to come over I'll go maybe um, it is it's looking like it might be that's what I'm hoping it's the don't to a trap soul but who knows I mean I true to self is not even that great and I still listen to that pretty regularly but It's because, you know, he's happy now, so we don't have any, like, you know. know. Uh, everyone knows the good content, good music comes from when you're miserable. Especially an <laughs> R&B person. Exactly. That's, it's, it brings the B into it, okay? The blues. I need the blues. Oh. I love mm-hmm. him. Okay. Um, That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was a good note to end on. So for all you tiller heads, anywho, <laughs> camp Bryson, yeah, you had to do that. I hate that too, but you know what do you know? Um, yeah. So we have no, we have about twenty four hours off, and then we're going right back to work. But that's 
you know the the grind never stops with the pod once we're on it the thing is once we're recording we're always recording when we're not we're not i guess or no i can't really enjoy my day off that's crazy it's fine it's crazy it's fine it's isn't it crazy that now this is turning to work Bye, everyone. Until our next episode, we'll be talking BH, and we're going to have a guest. We already talked about how we're having a guest, but again, we're having a guest. We're having a guest, and we're talking about Beverly Hills, all three reunion parts. Uno, dos, tres. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so bye. Adios.